It's your girl, Tasha, the host of Womanhood Decoded, where each episode I endeavor to explore the intersections of womanhood, motherhood, and sexuality. Today, I have a very interesting guest, and her name is Kathy. And Kathy, would you go ahead and introduce yourself to the audience? Sure. Thanks for having me, Tasha. It's I'm Kathy Dirksen. My company is called Inspired Tenacity. And the mission of my work is to create a cycle of wealth and success among women around the world. So women of all ages lifting each other. It's it's exciting and inspiring. So I'm glad to be here to, to share. Thank you. Oh, definitely. And your work is very much needed and important. Can you give me a little bit of background as to how you began this important work? Sure. Yes. It's been, it's been a journey of evolution for me. I guess it's been about 10 years or so. A lot of it started when my kids were younger and I was really going through times when I recognized that I needed to start focusing on the things that really were my calling. At that time, I'd been working in uh, medical genetics, which I love biology, but I could, I knew that it wasn't where I needed to be in the work that I needed to be doing. And so back at that time, I actually went into financial planning. And my main focus there was to be that woman that was the place that other women could come to, to get the information they needed and the support they needed to understand their finances and to create that life that they actually wanted to live. I found that there were so many women going through divorce and just changes in career and not having the tools or the support they needed to really make those big financial decisions. And that industry was very male dominated. So I thought, well, I can be that woman to give them that information and help them. But after about 10 years of doing that in mainly corporate settings, I recognized that I wasn't having the impact that I had gone into that field to do. And of course, when you're in a corporate setting, you're really selling products and kind of running their agenda. So that was what inspired me to step out into my own company, Inspired Tenacity, where I can help women with those things, but I can also help them with all of the other things that are important to start with. So your mindset, the stories you're telling yourself, the fears you have around moving into any kind of change in your life. So, so that is my main focus now, bringing all those skills together to really bring women the support they need for making big changes in their life. So if you could speak to me a little bit about um, how a woman might find themselves in a situation where she feels trapped. Is this something that you find in a particular demographic as it pertains to age, or is it something that you see across various different ages? I would say that it is most common in kind of a midlife time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And a part of that is because we've been kind of caught in living day-to-day -day life with our family and our career for so long that by the time we get into our 40s and 50s and 60s that we've really almost lost track of who we are and what we actually want to be doing. And so the other side of that though is to really make sure younger women and especially mothers and, and people that are really focused on their career, make sure you're thinking about it near the beginning so when you're in the middle of all that that you are paying attention to yourself and that you are doing things that remind you what are the things you like to do what are the things that excite you 
because it is so easy to get caught up in just living day to day and just dealing with what your kids need right now, or you're rushing off to work, or you're keeping your husband happy, or, you know, there's life just gets so busy that we tend to lose ourselves in it. I would say that that is where I find myself in the thick of it. Um, not that I feel like I've lost myself, but I feel like I'm in a battle to maintain my individuality outside of the role of motherhood. I feel that motherhood is something that can sometimes feel all encompassing and specifically in our current society where we're sort of in this limbo where we're sort of working from home and we're sort of in the office and some um, amalgamation thereof. And so um, I feel that all of those things seem to be a little bit more hyper-focused when you find yourself to be isolated as opposed to, you know, how it was prior to COVID. So um, for me, sometimes just the idea of finding time for myself, it feels selfish for me to want to, for example, adult color or for me to, you know, get back into knitting, for example, or even my podcast, because all of these are things that take time away from my child. And so um, I'm interested to know how do you help your clients to manage, quote unquote, mom guilt? Now, that's a very good point. And you're right, especially right now with COVID and so many of us working from home or being home more than we normally are. That it was funny, actually, because when my kids were little, I actually used to look at my work days where I actually left home to go to work. I used to look at those as my days off <laughs> because right. the job of staying at home with your kids it's the hardest job you'll probably ever do. And so I would actually look at my work days as these are my quiet days off where I could actually plan a coffee break and a lunch break. And I knew, you know, what to expect as the day went on. So, so I think that, that, that really is the key there is that reminder. Like you say, it, it sounds like you're doing a very good job of, of keeping those things in your mind. And so you are making an effort to put those times into the day because so many women don't. And like you say, there's that guilt around it, that guilt around, well, I can't take this time for myself because I should be spending time with my kids and I should be doing what they need to do. But really, when you think about it and when we go back to the analogy that we all love around, you know, when you're on the airplane and they tell you to put your air mask on first, if needed and it is so true because if when you're feeling good and you're feeling rested or you're feeling fulfilled you are so much better as a mother as a an employee as a business owner whereas when we just let ourselves get run down uh -huh. and we we feel that we're being taken for granted we feel that our needs aren't being met we start getting resentful anger can creep in and when we get into those moods, we're not good for anybody. Uh -huh. We're not nice to ourselves. We're not nice to our kids. We're not nice to the, the people at the grocery store. You know, so when we look at it that way, it is so important to really stop and look at our day and really put those times in there. And even if it's, you know, 10 minutes when you can just sit quietly by yourself 
and think <laughs> or go for that walk. And, and I mean, I know that it is so hard sometimes to work those pieces into your day, but it is so critical to just make it happen. Again, even if it's just a 10 minute block, just so that you can say, okay, for those 10 minutes, I did what I chose to do, which sometimes <laughs> is tough to do. Right, right. And so if we could transition into um, relationships, I'm interested to know, do you have any insight into how navigating different chapters of womanhood is as it pertains to managing a relationship and keeping um, it to be a positive dynamic when you are, for example, who you are as a single person than who you are when you become involved and then who you are when you become a parent are all different phases of womanhood. And then who you are when your child then leaves the home or the nest, the proverbial nest. So my question is through all those different phases, how do you, or do you have any tips for managing a relationship through all those changes? Mm -hmm. Yes, now you've got a very good point that, and sometimes those are things that we don't think about ahead of time. And so we get caught up in. And I, I think the best way to manage all those different phases and those relationships that come along with it is to make sure that we are maintaining the relationship with ourselves. Okay. And that we are being honest with ourselves at those different stages. I mean, quite often as well, of course, when you're in a, a relationship as a couple, there is so much that depends on each other respecting what the other one needs and actually listening to each other and sharing the responsibilities of what's going on on a day to day basis mm -hmm. and acknowledging that you both need that space. You both need that time to do your own thing and to actually focus on what you want in your life and what's important to you because I, I mean, traditionally, yes, the, the, the men were able to go off and work and have their career and maybe not do so much at home as they <laughs> probably should be doing, but mm -hmm. that is changing. And I think, you know, now the younger fathers are definitely stepping up and taking on more responsibility, which is great. And, so both the moms and the dads really need to be acknowledging that they're looking after themselves as individuals, as well as looking after themselves as a couple, and then looking after themselves as parents as well. So there really are those different layers of those relationships that have to be acknowledged. And, and one really important thing too, to look at, like you mentioned, as women get on in age and their kids do grow up and leave home and go off and do their own thing, quite often women find themselves feeling almost lost because uh -huh. so much of their identity was tied up in being a mom, being, you know, being busy with the stuff of the family. And then when the kids have left home or just become teenagers and they're busy with their own things and just really don't want to hang out with mom anymore, uh -huh. then they're there really is an identity shift that we need to acknowledge and work through. And, and again, that takes us back to, that's where one of my big focuses is, is on helping women that are in those identity shifts and recognizing they need to make a big change 
is really helping them look at those things and look at, okay, here I am right now. I've almost forgotten what I actually wanted to do with my life. So let's stop. Let's think about it. What were those things I wanted to do back when I was younger before I, my life got taken over by everybody else? And, and it really starting to put those things back into our life. Sometimes it's a big career change. Sometimes it could be a relationship change. And sometimes it's just kind of a reawakening those ideas in ourselves that actually excited us and thought, wow, that's what I want to do. You know, these days travel's not as easy as it used to be. And those are, but quite often that's what it is, right? Traveling more, starting a business, doing those things that, that make you feel good about yourself, meeting new groups of people that bring new ideas into your mind. So there's definitely those shifts that need to be acknowledged and those new skills that need to be brought in. So I feel like you are giving so many gems of wisdom. What I'm interested is, as you matriculated through various stages of life, um, did you rely heavily upon your support system as far as your friends or was it your family or was it um, a collection of both that enabled you to get to the point that you not only mastered this idea and concept yourself, but this was something that you felt that you could also help other women to achieve. Yes, and, and the idea of mastery, I think we are all a work in progress and that we should always look after ourselves like that, that we are evolving and building on the skills that we have. I would say when my kids were young, I really didn't know any of these things. I didn't know about looking after myself. I was, you know, I just, I really got lost in all of this motherhood. And so really it wasn't until my marriage was getting quite toxic. Our life was getting oh, really not good. I don't want to go into a lot of details, but my my family life really got to the point where I knew something big has to change right now. And that was when that was when I really started looking at these things and realizing what needed to change and recognizing the role that I needed to play. And in going through that and getting involved in new communities of people that were teaching those skills and those personal development things and self-reflection and just building my own confidence in, okay, I know what I need to do. I just need to go do it. And that was, oh, yeah, that was over 10 years ago now. And I came to the conclusion with all the things going on that I needed to just end the marriage I was in and set off with my, my kids were teenagers at that time. They were both struggling in their own ways because of the toxic family situation we had just left. And so suddenly I'm on my own as a single mom and just doing my, you know, just survival for a while. Mm -hmm. And so that really was my, the beginning of my evolution as far as learning those skills and recognizing the need for them. And so it was, it has been over those last 10 years where I have learned all these things I've connected with such a wide community of support and recognize that these are skills that so many of us need, whether we're in midlife and caught in the middle of it and realizing something has to change now, or if we're younger and just realizing that I think I need to add more things that are actually about me into my life so that as time goes on, 
I have an identity that is me and I have a thing that I do that is what I do and not just my family. So, so yes, for me, it has been a, an evolution that really it has been the last 10 years. But before that, I, I have to admit that I was guilty of not recognizing that I needed to look after myself and not that I hadn't been letting myself do things that actually were good for me or even focusing on my relationship with my husband, that my kids were my life. And, and yes, yeah, so the last 10 years has been a huge evolution and I'm really excited to be able to help other women to go on their own life evolution as well. Well, that is a very powerful share. Thank you so much for trusting myself and also sharing so candidly with the audience. I feel that, um, in previous generations, the focus was very much on um, appearances and surviving or surviving through silence, as opposed to advocating for one's happiness in whatever relationship dynamic, be it marriage or whatever have you. And I feel that from my observation, you know, from older family members, um, there was not really a safe place to talk about things because again, everyone is trying to maintain this image that everything is going well within my home. When in reality, you know, it could be the exact opposite. And so one of the goals of my podcast is to be able to, you know, create a safe space for women to be able to have these sorts of conversations so that if they're not able to go to, you know, someone close to them, they could, you know, for example, listen to this episode and at least know at the very least that they're not alone in whatever it is that they are navigating. I feel like um, one of the keys to getting any progress in my own life has been to just have the foundation of support that I have. And I feel that, like you said, I've been very intentional about building that support group for myself. And I just love the fact that you are helping other women to um, advocate for themselves and for their own happiness and their own interest and do so with a smile versus doing so and then feeling like, you know, what you're doing is taking from the family. I don't know if you've heard this, but you probably have that you can't pour from an empty vessel, which I think is in line with the analogy that you had as far as at the airport when you put on your mask first and then you help everyone else. But basically the bottom line is you have to be the full person that you were and continue to build onto who that is. Otherwise it's easy to get lost in the logistics of life. I feel like that's what you're saying. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, and yes, I, I love that analogy as well about pouring out of an empty glass. And yes, mm -hmm. if you're not looking after yourself, then your glass becomes empty. And so yes, you need those, those resources and that energy and that, that even that love and that those, those emotions and that energy that you need to share. But, but I love too what you were saying earlier about women 
previously being stuck without those tools and the community they needed to make a big change in their life. Mm -hmm. And I just want to add too that that is a huge part of my focus. And even when I went into financial planning, that was a big part of where I was looking at because I find that so many women do not make big changes in their life because of their fear around money because they are uncertain can i do this myself can i if i change this so whether it's a career or relationship or just some other living situation that they're in so often women stay stuck where they are because of that uncertainty and so that is a huge focus that i am here to both inform them about their financial situation and see what real tools they have but also to work with all those those fears and those really limiting beliefs that they might have around their own abilities to make those big changes. So, and and yes, traditionally, I agree that, that women were much more limited in the options they had both to voice their unhappiness, but also just to what their life options were to be on their own or to leave their situation. Whereas now, the world has become really so small. We're connected so quickly everywhere that the resources are available if you get out there and start looking for them. But the first thing really is to acknowledge that something needs to change and to allow yourself to think outside of what you're living right now and to know there are other options. And there is that community that's here to support you no matter what you're changing or what you're going through. So it's so important to, yes, spread that word, make sure the women know that they're supported and the community is here to get them through whatever big things they know they need to do. I'm wondering, is there um, a starting place that one might begin as far as recognizing that change needs to be made? Like, should, is there like some questions to ask yourself? Like, how do you know when you need to make a change? I think the main thing is to really listen to your gut. Hmm. Okay. Listen to what your body is telling you. Because quite often that is the first place we'll know. Like your 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 conscious mind is usually the last to know. <laughs> Whereas your your gut, your intuition, it knows those things long before. And quite often, you know, we'll have you'll be getting ill with something, you'll be getting ulcers, you'll be getting headaches, you know, things like that that are kind of sending you a message that that your body's not happy, that there's something else going on. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, it really was suddenly recognizing those feelings. And it's funny too, because later, so after I started that big jump and left the marriage and set out on my own and went through all of that changing, I look back at the time before that, because before it hadn't been really bothering me. But now when I look back over the times, those years that we were together as a family, and I recognize now there was a lot of times that were not good. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't in a state yet where I was acknowledging that I need to do something now. So mm-hmm. it was kind of, I was tolerating, I was putting up with, and I was just, you know, day to day moving forward. So it really comes to a point where you do hear that voice inside you say, okay, 
it's time. You can't do this anymore. And part of it, I described like a yearning. There's something in you saying, okay, we got to move forward. We've got to do something else. And another analogy I like to use is that feeling that you're banging your head against the wall. Yeah. You know, you're just you're like doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result. You know, things, those quotes like that, but the, the banging your head against a wall, I think is a huge one, especially with when people are in relationships or careers that they really are not happy with. Or that, you know, whether it's because of the actual environment that they're in that needs to change or whether it's the career itself that needs to change. But when you're in something where you literally are feeling like you're just banging your head against the wall, it's like, okay, something's telling you, you need to do something different. You need to get out of where you're at. And, and there's a lot of fear around there that there's a lot of fear around, well, what will that look like? What will that happen? And I find a huge part of making that first shift is that we have to give ourselves permission to think outside of what we've normally been doing. Yeah. To actually think about what do I want? Yeah. What do I want next week to look like? What do I want next year to look like? What do I want the next 10 years to look like? Because again, you know, going back to the whole situation with, especially with mothers that we get so caught up in the family dynamics that we almost don't give ourselves permission to think about ourselves. And we don't allow ourselves to both think outside of where we're at right now, but also to receive and to receive help and to receive ideas and to receive just that bigger community that's here to support us. So, so those are a few big things I would focus on. Just listen to your gut, allow yourself to think outside of where you're at right now and give yourself permission to receive that help and support that will move you forward and to move you into a different situation. I think what you are speaking about is so very important, I have to say. Um, I, but I am interested to know once a woman has gotten to the place where she has recognized that change needs to happen, um, what is the next step as far as is it a situation where you kind of have to plan in silence and strategically work, you know, to get a quote unquote exit strategy, be it professionally or personally? Or do you first assemble your team as far as people that are going to help you in whatever capacity that's necessary in order for you to make a transition? Like which way or do or is it some of both where you work in silence and you're also gathering, you know, a team or a support um, system so that you can your transition can be smoother? I think it definitely depends on the situation you're in. Okay. You know, whether whether it's safe for you to be voicing what you feel needs to change. I mean, it is definitely good to be able to communicate with the people around you if, because quite often there are things you can change without making a big change. Uh -huh. Sometimes, sometimes just by voicing how you're feeling and getting that dialogue going with the other people involved, then sometimes that does amazing things to shift a situation. But when you know that that's not what's going to work, and you've tried those things, and now you just know you need to make a big leap. I find that building a community around you 
is one of the first things that you really need to focus on doing. A community of people that understand what you're going through and are supportive people. Because that's one thing that often gets people caught up as well, is that their own friends and family may not be encouraging about making a change. Uh On the big picture, I think they generally are just trying to protect you and trying to keep you safe. So I don't think in general they have, you know, bad intentions, but they tend to not encourage you to make a big change. And so they might not be the the first group that you should really go to once you've decided that everything else isn't working. I really need to change things. So, and, and again, coming back to the idea that right now, everyone's online. There are so many communities. There are so many different resources that are right here at our fingertips. And I've found that just reaching out and talking to people that that are in that area that I'm trying to work on, whether it's, you know, a life coach, whether it's someone that helps you to focus on your health or on your mental health, getting those communities around you first really helps to support you and give you confidence in what you're doing. And quite often too, what's missing is a roadmap where do I go from here? How do I get from here to there? Right. And so having other people that you've gathered around you that have either been through a very similar situation or just similar enough that they can get you with that next right step. So Uh they might not be able to give you the whole roadmap, but they might be able to help you just make that next step, make that next step. And that is such a critical thing. And with the, the first couple books that I have been involved in, I, I focus a lot on that part of my journey when I first decided to get out of my marriage. And I actually had a, a little mantra, I guess you'd call it, that I used to say to myself at those really tough times when you really weren't sure, hey, can I even really do this? <laughs> and I would literally say, chin up, keep moving. Wow. And sometimes I even said it out loud to myself. Sometimes it was just in my head, but I just recognized that saying that help me to just stop getting worried, stop freaking out about things because there will be things that really scare you when you're making a big change. And so sometimes just to refocus myself on moving forward, I would literally say those that phrase to myself, chin up, keep moving. And sometimes that was all I had to hang on to, just chin up, keep moving, just keep moving. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, it's not always going to be an easy process to get through but when you know you have to do it and you know there's a change that has to be made so we just have to and that was you know where the the name of my company really came from so inspired tenacity really came from that time in my life and recognizing these big transitions and changes we need to make that's what we need we need that inspiration that okay something's got to change now this is what i want But then we need that tenacity to just keep going, just keep going in that direction. And the the other word I like to plug in the middle there is courage. Hmm. Okay. Courage is so needed for any big change because we have to just have that faith in ourselves to just jump and go. So the inspiration, that courage in the middle, and then the tenacity to just keep going. So that, that's where the name comes from. <laughs> I, 
I love it because it reminds me of the children's um, book, The Little Engine That Could. Yes, I I yes, can, yes. And I think I can. I know there's been times in my life where I faced difficulty in various areas where, and um, I just told myself that I think I can. And that somehow got mm-hmm. me the other side of whatever difficulty I was in. But sometimes it's like when you recognize that you're in the thick of a situation, my best friend and I, we call it an emotional um, rabbit hole. Sometimes when I find (laughs) myself to be in an emotional rabbit hole, I like to just sit there and think or wallow. And it's because of my best friend and various other people in my life when they will notice that I'm not my normal bubbly self, where they will check in and be like, are you in one of your ruts? And it's like, (laughs) I might not have, I might know that I am in a rut, but maybe I didn't recognize that I was there as long as I have been. So um, I think that it's important to, you know, check in with ourselves as far as, you know, like you said, day to day or even week to week, like, am I happy right now? And am I, what do I want for next week or tomorrow or what next year? I think sometimes in my life, I get so bogged down with the task of the day that sometimes I don't even think about my other um, goals for, you know, outside of the day, because sometimes just the day seems daunting. Exactly, exactly. And then you look back on it, you think, well, what did I, what was I so busy with? And you, you notice it was just all those little things that just keep you busy, but aren't really adding up to anything that you actually want to be doing. Correct. And and I find too, you know, going back to the roadmap idea that I was mentioning earlier, that I think that that's what really holds up women quite often when they really want to make a change in their life, is just even knowing that next step and having someone to kind of sit down with and go, okay, what is it we're trying to do? What are the opportunities you have in front of you? And then where do we go from here? And I find quite often, too, until we really start asking those questions and slowing down and, again, allowing that bigger picture to come to us, that quite often we don't even see the opportunities that are right in front of us. Hmm. There are things there that you don't see. You don't acknowledge them being in your life until you start looking for them. And then suddenly you realize, oh, it's right here. Or, oh, I can do that. And... And so just making those next steps, having somebody to help you talk it out and think in different directions than you might normally think, I think are huge things to just get out of, like you say, that rut, getting stuck yeah. in that that uh, that rabbit hole. I like that. <laughs> yes, because I think sometimes, you know, you know, you need to make a change, but it's like you said, where do you even begin? And Mm -hmm. sometimes I think I've learned or I am learning how to be uncomfortable being uncomfortable. Um, Because I feel that a lot of the times we all want to do what we perceive to be the safest option or the path of least resistance. And whenever we see something that could be a possible challenge, it's like, you know, we tend to try to avoid it. 
and or we talk ourselves out of it. Like I know plenty of relationships, not plenty, but I'll say some of my adult relationships, I told myself, you know, the grass is not greener on the other side as a reason for me to continue on in a relationship that I knew I shouldn't be in or continue to be in. And it's not like it was an awful situation, but it was like, you know, I had outgrown the dynamic and um, there was nothing more for me to do. But I felt like I just the idea of leaving seemed to be a failure. And so nobody wants to be thought of as a failure. So I had to get to the place where I I looked at relationships as opportunities to learn myself and to grow, as opposed to looking at it as an opportunity to be successful or to fail. Mm -hmm. And that is a very good point that you bring up around this whole idea of failure versus acknowledging something needs to change. Uh And I think that that is something that many of us were so trained about that once you start something, you better finish it. And if if you don't finish it, then yes, you're a failure. It's your, you failed at doing that. You'll let people down. But I think we really have to get over that whole idea and just acknowledge that, like you said, if something if you, if you recognize that something is not right and that this is not the direction that you should be going, we need to give ourselves that permission to make that change. And I mean, obviously, I mean, I'm not saying that we should just willy nilly go, okay, I don't like this guy anymore. Oh, this isn't working or, Oh, he's not exciting enough anymore. Or, or, Oh, I'm in a school program, but there's a class on, Thursday afternoons and my shows on that time. You know, I'm not, I'm not saying that I'm not saying we should just easily just give up on things. But what I'm saying is that when we recognize that it's not where we should be going, then we need to acknowledge that and make that change. I'll use an example with my daughter. When she first finished high school, she didn't know what she wanted to do with her education or her career. And a lot of, you know, she was really into the CSI and everything at that time. And Mm -hmm. so She went into criminology in college and because it seemed like a good thing to do. But when she got there and she started taking some of these, you know, programs that are required and and realized that none of these things were anything she was interested in. And even looking at the type of careers that would come out of that education, she recognized that those were not careers that she would even want to be in. And I was glad when she made the decision that that was not the path that she wanted to continue her career on. If she had spent another four years and thousands of dollars in tuition just to finish that degree and then end up in a career that you don't even want, like that makes no sense. So so in a case like that, for her to decide this is not the right direction for me, Uh I was glad that she decided, okay, this is not right. I need to find the right direction and go that way. So just as an example of, you know, we could, (laughs) there's that crazy dog. Sorry. So we could have easily said, no, you started, you need to finish. And she had friends that did the same thing. Her parents would say, no, you started, you have to finish. Uh And that just makes no sense. It makes no sense to keep doing something that you know is wrong and you know is not what you need to be doing. So now she shifted more into like a marketing and communications, which are extremely different than criminology. 
<laughs> right, right, absolutely. But I'm interested to know um, how were you able as parents to recognize that it wasn't, because sometimes I've heard um, adults say or older adults say, well, you need to just stick to whatever it is until you find something better. So how, mm -hmm. um, or basically finish something um, until you know what you want to do next. And if you don't know what you want to do next, then continue on whatever pathway until you know that aha moment comes in. Mm -hmm. Yes. Well, I think, I mean, if we go back to school ideas, I think part of it comes in how they're doing in their courses. Uh -huh. So if, if it's clear that either the material in the courses are things that they really are not at all interested in or are having all out trouble getting through, then I think part of that process is acknowledging, okay, what are your skills? What are your interests? And if it's not fitting either of those, then acknowledging that that probably isn't the right route. And I'll use my son as an example as well. When he was trying to decide what he wanted to do with his life, a lot of his friends were in welding and that kind of job. And of course, in a lot of those positions, they get paid well. And so he actually started doing that for a while. And he recognized that that wasn't where he wanted to be either. And now he works in child and youth care. So yeah. now he's helping kids to get their life on track and to, you know, so he's in there with people helping and being of service. And when he was first doing welding, I knew it really wasn't his thing because he's a thinker. He needs to be, you know, again, being with people and doing things that involve social interaction. So again, I was not at all surprised when he said that, you know, he'd been doing welding for a few months and it was good money, but he really wasn't happy with it. And knowing him as I did, I, I knew that that wasn't what he should be doing now too. So I think part of it is acknowledging the personality, their learning styles and where they can go from there. Right. Absolutely. Well, I feel like you have definitely given myself and the audience a lot to consider. Um, before we conclude this episode, I wondered, um, could you share with the audience where they can find you on the internet? And if you had any special offers that you would want to share with my audience, this would be a great time to do so. Perfect. Yes. The best place to find me, my website is inspiredtenacity.com. So that's the simplest way. Uh, LinkedIn is the social media that I use the most. I'm in a few other places, but LinkedIn is where I would suggest looking for me because I, I am most active there. Okay. Um, the offer I've got right now, I have, I've put together an assessment tool. And again, going back to what we were saying earlier about quite often, what really holds us back is just kind of clarifying what needs to change and what direction we want to go in and those next steps to take. So I've actually created a complimentary assessment tool that I do with people. So we get together on a Zoom. I walk you through a few questions and discussion. And from that, we actually create a roadmap for those next steps. So I've got that available on my website in my program section. And I'll also send it over to put it in the notes and comments on the the podcast. And yes, yeah, so you basically click into it to set a time on my calendar. 
and we get together on Zoom and we have a good chat and clarify your next best steps. So I would welcome anyone to come in. I've also got an ebook available as well. So if you like a nice, simple, quick read, that is available to you as well. So yes, please awesome. do connect. So what is the name of the ebook? It is called Eight Strategies to Reignite Your Life. Wow, I love it. I love that title, especially, like I said, given where we are in our society and also um, where we are in the end of the year. This is the time where people are starting to think about New Year's resolutions and also beginning to think about, you know, how to end this quarter on a strong note. And in one of the ways to do that is to also look at your life holistically and figure out, are you happy? And if you aren't, what are some ways to get to that pathway? So absolutely everything that you have shared has been so meaningful and relevant. And I am just so thankful for your time today. And before we end, is there anything else that you would like to share or to say that we didn't get a chance to cover previously? Hmm, well, we've covered a lot of ground. I think the main thing is just coming back to give yourself permission to actually dream and think about yourself again. That is, that is the starting point of everything. Wow. That is an amazing place to conclude this episode. I want to take a moment to say happy holidays to everyone, wherever you might be and whatever holiday that you happen to subscribe to or to celebrate. I hope that you spend it with friends and family or whoever it is that makes you feel all warm inside. Again, my name is Tasha Ray and I am the host of Womanhood Decoded and I am just so excited Excited that you have decided to join me on this journey. So until next time, happy holidays, and we will see you in the new year.